What's up, everyone? Josh Cohen back with you for another episode of the Magic Gaming Podcast. Uh, we had so much fun the first time we did this. We figured, why not try for a repeat performance? And on today's edition, I am once again joined by the head coach of Magic Gaming, Jonah Edwards. And we have another special guest, and that is the newest edition of Magic Gaming, Robert May. Thanks so much, guys, for being with me. Yeah, thanks, Josh. So, May, I want to first ask you, because obviously you're new to the team, new to Orlando, I want to know what your reaction was when you first heard about the trade and what your excitement level is being here in Orlando. Uh, yeah, so I was definitely excited because um, my ma- my manager from Detroit had called me and he was just uh, asking like how I'd feel about it. And I was definitely excited because uh, our coach, Jonah, probably knows me like my personality and like my play style more than like probably any coach in the league and then um I've also played with Reed like here and there since uh 2k17 so we've known each other for a while and then um also just like personality wise with the team I think we'll be able to mesh well and I mean honestly like my mom was pretty excited, too, because she initially wanted me to get drafted here. And um, so, yeah, she was definitely very excited that I was uh, traded here. You're from Massachusetts, though. So how did your mom know this much about the Magic? Did you guys talk about that before the draft? Uh, well, she she and my sister definitely love vacationing in uh, Disney. Nice. Um, so that was one thing. And then... Um, also, she had just, like, I, I had told her a little about uh, Jonah, and then also um, uh, we had just seen, like, some of their social media posts. Um, it just, like, seemed like a great organization to go to. Yeah, and you said you know Reezy well. How about DT and Toxic? And based on what you already know about the group, how do you see yourself gelling with them and your strengths tied to what they can do well? Uh, yeah, so DT actually came onto the scene, like, pretty fast last year. Uh, he he started playing Pro-Am with uh, Reed's team, and I had met him at the draft. But bef- So I basically had known him for about a year. And then uh, Tox, he was always on Xbox, and so I was always PlayStation. So I never really played with him, but... Um, yeah, I mean, DT, I feel like he's, like, a great power forward in terms of playing with me because, uh, especially on defense, like, I usually, like, uh, step up on screens, I guess, more than, like, normal, the, like, average center, I guess. And I think DT is someone who is someone who's, like, a playmaker out of the corner on defense where he can, you know, get in a point guard's head where they actually have to make the decision instead of just giving up, like, an easy pass to the center. And then... In terms of toxic, one thing I I like about him is a lot of lockdowns are very, I guess, prideful. Like, they'll tell their center they don't need help. They they just tell them to, like, not step up on screens, where I personally like playing with um, a lockdown where we can, like, talk it through. I can help him. He can help me. And so, yeah, I feel like everything will work well. And then... Uh, me and Reed, 
like I said before, we played together. Um, he knows how I play. I know how he plays. Uh, like, 2K18, we won. We, we didn't get drafted. We had won a tournament uh, together. So it should be fun. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And Jonah, I want to now discuss some of the trades that went down around the league over the last several weeks. And there were actually a number of them. I was surprised at how many deals were made uh, about late October when the expansion draft happened. Probably the biggest blockbuster of them all involved the Hawks and Kings, where Atlanta traded Dapoy Shots along with their first and second round 2020 draft picks to Sacramento for BP, who he was runner-up for Rookie of the Year. Is that correct? Yeah, I would say definitely was runner-up and was one of the five MVP finalists yeah. as well. Yeah, and they also traded their uh, second and fourth round picks uh, to the Kings. So just talk about both sides, Atlanta and Sacramento. Uh, that boy shots, he averaged 16.6 points in the regular season last year, 60% from three. BP, 19.3 points, 7.9 assists in the regular season. Just touch on the deal and how you think it'll shake out for both sides. Yeah, I actually think that's one of those trades where I can see how both sides become become a big winner. Um, you know, obviously BP, I don't think was the right fit in, in Sacramento maybe, and and obviously they were looking to kind of deal him. And, you know, in the middle of the season, actually, he was one of those guys, he requested a trade and no one kind of knew what to expect expect from him. And, and you know, obviously him going to Atlanta, he's able to now have, um, you know, a number of, of picks, right? They only have one other player on their roster, uh, Mr. Styles, who's going to play lockdown for them. And so, they, you know, he's able to kind of form his own roster and build guys around him that he thinks, you know, are appropriate for, for his teammates and guys that maybe mesh with him a little better than the group he had in Sacramento. And then, you know, Sacramento now has a ton of versatility, um, you know, obviously a ton of assets in the, in the upcoming draft as well. And I think that, yeah, they're going to be, they could be very good if they hit, hit right in the draft. And, and overall, I think that that, tra- that trade's pretty good. And, you know, obviously from my perspective, that trade was, was very crazy because, uh, you know, we thought, you know, and, and I think it did play out this way, you know, from from my, from the coach manager side, we, we kind of thought the first deal to go down was going to be wherever shots went. And that was going to be kind of the, the deal that happened. And then everything else would fall into place uh, because obviously we had heard all kinds of crazy rumors of several trades. And so the second that deal got, got kind of completed, uh, it kind of opened up the options for every other team because they they now knew what to expect and what kind of the market was, was like. Yeah, another fairly wild deal uh, that occurred involved the Knicks and Grizzlies, and I guess I'm only surprised by it because New York won the championship just a couple years ago, and they're already kind of in rebuild mode, but uh, the Knicks traded Goofy, uh, their first round pick from 2018, uh, along with their 2020 third round pick and 2021 second round pick to Memphis for... 2020 first and second round picks and a 2021 first round pick. That was a mouthful. Uh, a lot of pieces moving there, but how do you see Goofy fitting in in Memphis, especially with Authentic African, one of their other top frontline players? Yeah, that that trade was, you know, I, we had all heard rumors across the league that Authentic African was was kind of interested in transitioning from center to a different position. I think the rumor is that he may go to shooting guard now. Uh, they drafted Vandy last year, who I think was was a underrated, uh, one of the top performing rookies, especially at point guards, and w- would would assume he's going to continue that that kind of prowess across the league. And and obviously adding Goofy, um, you know, is, is a top center, and but you know isn't a player that has a ton of versatility. He's going to play his play style, and you kind of have to play around him. So 
you know, I, I'm curious to see how that how that blend will come along for Memphis. And, you know, the Knicks obviously will, you know, they have the, the luxury now of they're done with their draft at the 36th overall pick in the draft. So the middle of the second round, they complete their entire draft process. That's their sixth man. So put that in perspective, um, we're going to be drafting a player, uh, our first draft pick in, the, in this year's draft, obviously because we traded for, for May, uh, will be the 35th overall pick. So they're going to be done by 36. Their fourth selection will be 36. Our first will be 35th. So um, obviously that that's a huge win if you're you know hoping that, that this draft class is is one of the better and you know I'm not sure that it is but um, you know it, it, if you think it is I think that that's a that's a great trade and and obviously they have a lot of pieces if they, again if they hit right in the draft they're going to have a team that's that's pretty pretty darn good. Yeah, and Goofy led the league in the regular season in rebounding per game with 14.9 a game, also averaged 14.4 points. So now I want to just touch on another deal that actually involves May's former team. They actually made two different deals. The Pistons is who I'm talking about. And the first one was they got a player back from their first season, uh, Ramo. Uh, What did you make of this deal? Basically, it was the Pacers trading Ramo and a second-round pick. Uh, to the Pistons for 2021st and second round draft picks. Uh, Ramo averaged 14.8 points in the regular season, along with 6.3 rebounds. Uh, what'd you make of that? In my opinion, it was probably the most surprising trade. When I had heard about it, I was I was a bit stunned. I had heard rumors of maybe Ramo to Brooklyn. Um, he's from Brooklyn, so that would that would make a little bit of sense. And I know they were trying to make some moves, and and, and you know, uh, Obviously, the D- Detroit had just traded Ramo after he had a great season one. They had made the playoffs. You know, obviously they traded him. The trade maybe didn't get the right value out of him, and and they had a, a you know pretty awful season two, obviously. And so I think that their their play is to maybe hey we're gonna we're gonna sell again, um, and we're gonna we're gonna go get this guy, and hopefully you know maybe he can bring back kind of the chemistry we had from season one, and and maybe bring bring that that winning culture back. And obviously they they made another deal and. Um, for Demon JT as well, and Demon JT and Ramo go go back a long ways. They were you know longtime teammates, um, you know for, for probably five six years, uh, you know. Uh, so so they know each other well, and and I, you know I don't I don't hate the deal. I think that you know I understand it from Detroit's perspective. Obviously the Pacers got a number of assets, and I think that it put both teams in a position maybe that, that that's okay. And obviously you know Detroit has to now I think it, it's clear sell out around Ramo. I think that. They don't necessarily have the talent and assets, so they better better make sure that the system is Ramos' system. He's the team that has to kind of carry the load for them, and and I know that he's a guy who wants that. And so I think that it can make a lot of sense if they choose to go that direction. Um, I think the only way maybe it doesn't make sense is if they say, "Hey, we're still going to play," you know, maybe very team-centered ball. I would almost assume they're going to go the very um, Houston Rockets play style and kind of use their use their glass cannon to try to to try to score a lot of points for them. Interesting. And May, of all the deals that went down, what was the most surprising one to you? I mean, is there one that stands out that you got a little bit, I don't know, I, I would say startled by or intrigued by when it first happened? Uh, I would agree with Jonah that the Pistons one for Ramo was pretty interesting just because uh, I had assumed when they traded me that they were just going to try to get like a, a duo because they would have the fourth and 14th pick. So I thought they were going to try to get, um, you know, like a, a rookie point guard and then probably his rookie center from like Pro-Am. So that one definitely surprised me. Um, I can see why because like obviously Ramo, he was an MVP finalist season one. 
and then um, did really well with the Pacers. And kind of like Jonah said, I'm sure they're going to try to just build around Ramo, and he'll have, like, a lot to say there. So I would definitely say the Ramo to Pistons trade. Yeah, some other deals that happened. The Nets traded Nate Call to the Pacers. The Raptors traded Doza to the Cavs. Heat traded Majestic to the Blazers. The Hawks traded Rando to the Nets. And the Heat traded Moam to the Celtics. So turning our attention now to what's going on currently, which is the uh, draft combine. I know we're about to wrap up with that. December 9th is when it concludes. But I know, Jonah, you obviously have your attention fully on the combine, trying to evaluate all the different talent uh, that will be available and eligible for the upcoming draft. Uh, I know you're not going to talk about specific players at this point, but as far as the talent level from what you've seen, now the Magic will have two draft picks uh, come uh, late February when the draft takes place, but just just touch on the overall talent that you've seen so far. Yeah, so I've, I mean, I've, I've been impressed, I think, with, with some performances and uh, maybe unimpressed in other ways, but uh, I think that overall I, the, the numbers that I see some players putting up are spectacular, especially um, from a, a few specific positions. The, the point guard and, and shooting guard positions as well as center uh, have crazy numbers and, and more so win percentages too. I, I mean, I saw a guy last night who went 38-2 and two at shooting guard and I mean that's a guy who's a shoe in to make the make it through the, the process and to be in the in the draft pool now and and I mean these guys are to put some context there uh, you know thirty five and ten at shooting guard is spectacular that's obviously thirty five points ten assists um, shooting a lot of times seventy five or more percent from three and from the field and I mean, these guys are really really having huge impacts on the game and you know obviously are are doing enough of of sharing the ball as well as um, you know, obviously being being a little bit selfish, which is something we talked about a little bit last podcast. So, uh, you know, overall, I, I think I'm, I'm impressed with the skill level, but, um, you know, we'll see who makes it through the, this this process here. And and obviously, you know, we'll, we'll, the emails are going to be going out, I think, around actually, you know, a week or so from today. So we'll kind of know a lot more around then. And that, that'll be a, a super, super interesting process then. And May, you were part of the combine last year before the draft. Can you just touch on what that experience is like? what the process is like and, you know, how memorable that was for you when you were told that you were going to be eligible for the draft? Uh, yeah, so I, of course, started my combine on center and I had, I would say, decent stats, uh, but my record, it wasn't like phenomenal. I think it was like 25 and 16. Uh, so I went to power four, which I'm like, probably one of the least versatile players <laughs> like I never play power forward but um I just try to play as natural as I could I um I'm, I guess I'm like most known for rebounds so I basically crashed for boards a lot on defense and offense and then look to pass and just basically fill my bar in the corner uh when I'm shooting so I I actually had like pretty decent stats I had a good amount of steals, rebounds, assists, and then had a high field goal percentage. And then I think I finished like 31 and nine. So I actually qualified on power for it, which was, I would have never thought I would have done that uh, going into the combine. But uh, once I got the email, it was honestly very surreal. At first I didn't think I got it because I remember I went back in my room and checked Twitter and a bunch of people were getting emails and 
I didn't see mine. I was just like, there's no way I didn't just get in again. And then I saw mine, and then I just went in my parents' room. I showed my mom, and uh, yeah. So I'm going to wrap it up here with three questions that I'll have both of you answer, and you just give your honest take on these particular questions. Uh, the first one, favorite all-time video game excluding NBA 2K, which I'm assuming that is your favorite video game, maybe all-time, maybe currently, but aside from NBA 2K, favorite all-time video game? Uh, Modern Warfare 2. Any particular reason? Just that you played it a lot, or? It was my first COD, and all my friends from school, we just, we played that, and uh, NBA 2K, I think it, was it 2K11 that year? It was either 2K11 or 10. So we literally switched off from playing those two games, like, all day when we got home from school. How about you, Jonah? Yeah, I have a few that come to mind, but I don't know if I can have anything beat the, uh, I'm a sucker for a, a really quality RPG game, so I'm going to go with maybe Elder Scrolls Oblivion, which is the fifth game in that series and is fantastic. Actually, I think it's the fourth, but it's fantastic game. And I remember I was a kid when it came out, and um, it was definitely not age-appropriate, but uh, played it a lot, and I fell in love with it. So, Aside from NBA 2K, uh, what game do you think you can be a professional at I'll say for May on a playing level, and I'll say for Jonah on a coaching level. Uh, for me, it's definitely NHL. Uh, I never played it competitively, but um, I don't know. I feel I honestly feel like I'm just as good at NHL as I am at 2K, so definitely NHL. Yeah, yeah. for me, that's a tough question to answer. I, I would say... You know, I played a lot of League of Legends, and I know that's one of the premier um, esports scenes a- across the world. Uh, I would definitely just say that you know I was I was at one point a, a, a low diamond, high platinum, which is about the top one percent or so of players, and um, in my in my, what I would call my nerd stage, because that game is is takes a lot of of resources. So maybe maybe League of Legends uh, probably makes the most sense there. Real time basketball. Uh, assuming you guys have played at some point in your lives. What were your greatest strengths on the hardwood? Uh, positionally, talent-wise, good shooter, passer, rebounder, defense. What would you say? Uh, so growing up, I actually played hockey very competitively, but um, for a few years, I would play rec basketball with with my friends. We we all joined like the local league and. Uh, at the time, it was like middle school. I was very fast, so I would just like catch the inbound and like sprint at the rim, and that's what I did literally like every game. Nice. Yeah, I I definitely played basketball in high school. Um, the thing is, is I was when I was a freshman, I was basically the same size as I am now, uh, and so I was I was a big man then, and obviously got outgrew, especially as I got as I got older. Uh, but I would say rebounding, setting screens. I was a big guy, so. I, I remember I used to actually drop people on screens because mm. I was just big and that was my strength. So I was just I was just a rebounder and I didn't leave the block but to set screens. Uh, so so definitely yeah, rebounding, setting screens, and kind of just being a clog in the middle. Now you I know you guys scrimmage with some of the other NBA two K two K league teams uh, when it comes to gaming, but have you guys played any actual basketball against any of the other teams around the league? 
Yeah, so we actually, um, last year when we hosted the ticket tournament, we had several several of the guys across the league come in and, and play. Uh, we had a, like a pickup a pick game for the 2K guys. And so, yeah, I've played with several of them. Um, the, the Portland Trailblazers in particular have, have a couple guys that are, that are pretty great athletes and, and two guys that I think are, are college basketball quality players, one of which actually played collegiate basketball, one wild walnut. The league's first MVP actually was a college basketball player before he joined this league. And so they're, they're spectacular. And then one other name that sticks out to me is Ball Like Seam from the, from the Kings now. He was with the Mavs in, in myself season one. And um, he actually has an issue with, his, with his, one of his arms. And I genuinely believe that if he didn't have that issue that he would have been a college basketball player. Apparently he had tried out at Delaware State and was one of the last players cut and was almost there as a collegiate basketball player and can dunk and is an electric shooter and just a really, really all-around great player. And I think that those guys are, are spectacular. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate all the insight and info. And thanks so much again for tuning in to the Magic Gaming Podcast. This was the second edition. We'll have many more for you in the coming weeks and months. I think the plan for now is to do these monthly until the start of the season. And then once the season is underway, we'll try and do these weekly. So thanks so much, May, Jonah. Really appreciate it. And we'll catch you next time.